to episode six of the Thoughtful Thursday podcast. We are excited to be back today. Uh, we have myself, Nick, Cammie, as always, the fabulous Al. Just hit my I'm hand. Sorry. Why would you do that? Uh, and you'll notice Mike's not here, so enjoy that. And in his yeah. place, we have Daniel. Maybe not in his place. Maybe, Hi. maybe it's yeah. This not is, just a temporary thing. This feels right. Yeah, <laughs> this chair feels right. Does it? We don't. They're, they're not the most comfortable <laughs> chairs. I'm going to be honest. I am concerned about whether or not I will end up on the floor. <laughs> but other than they that, they do have a little gift to them when you rock side to side. I'm, I'm happy to kick Mike out of this. Yeah, well, Daniel, we're, we're glad you're here with us. In uh, this episode on episode six, we're going to be talking about the idea of looking back and knowing your story. And specifically throughout this episode, we're going to be looking at four ways that we can prepare to hear from God. Uh, and this is kind of a conversation that Mike started um, this past Sunday. And we're going to be giving you a sneak peek of kind of where we're going uh, in this plan and prepare series uh, moving forward. And so we're going to um, kind of jump in with what we were talking about and discussing on Sunday what Mike was uh, hitting on, and then we're going to get into the the three other ones. Um, but we got this from the Gospel Coalition. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. And actually, we'll we'll just throw a link somewhere around here, um, and you can check that out if you'd like to. And if you're listening to this um, and not watching it, we'll throw it in the description as well. So you can see it in there if you want to read this article for yourself and check out um, kind of where we got some of these points from. So looking back, um, the first way to prepare to hear from God is to look back on the God who saved you. And I kind of wanted to start by talking about the importance of this, you know, for Moses with God's people. And we were kind of having a conversation about this yesterday. So I don't know if one of you wants to just kind of take off with that. Cammy. Sure. So, Is that what Mike would do? No. That's what, that that's what Cammie would do. Yeah, that's definitely what I do. Um, yeah, I just love reading through the Exodus story again of when God sent Moses to save the Israelites out of slavery. Um, and just during that time of the 40 years when they wandered in the wilderness, like so much of it was God reminding them to um, look back and remember what um, I have done for you. You know, I'm the God who saved you out of slavery. I'm the God who parted the Red Sea and all of that. Um, and I know you mentioned yesterday, it just how he reminded them that he is the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, the God that keeps his promises of his covenant. And you can talk more about that. Um, But it's just a beautiful reminder that when we are in the middle of usually problems or things aren't going our way, if we take time to look back um, to see, to remind ourselves how God has been faithful how he has kept his promises, how he has gotten us through, you know, previous problems or hard times, then it just helps us remember who he is. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, I was thinking, um, we didn't necessarily talk about this yesterday, but just as we've ever been talking about it, as I've been thinking about it, one of, one of the beautiful things about the Old Testament, whenever you look at all the festivals mm-hmm. that the Israelites um, practiced, they were all very intentional about remembering their story, mm-hmm. yep. right? So the story of God's people, God's story of himself, and then the story of his people, um, so many traditions put in place that God had instructed them to do that were to remind them of who God is, of who they are, of their story with him, of, of how he'd 
been faithful, the covenants that he's made, how he's delivered them, um, the reminder that I am the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember the covenant that I made with Abraham and, you know, so on and so forth. And uh, what a powerful thing to have those practices built in as a regular rhythm of how they live their life to remember and to reflect on what God had done. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder, even for Moses, as he's looking back, you know, you just think what a crazy story where all the, you know, Israelite males that were being born were being slaughtered and his mom, you know, kind of putting him in the Nile and, you know, the um, princess finding him and, mm-hmm. you know, raising him as a, as a prince alongside the, you know, in, in the Egyptian palace and under the care of Pharaoh and just his entire history. And, and even when, you know, he murders the Egyptian and seeing God's faithfulness of where he put him, uh, even in his mistake. And I wonder if, even for Moses, how often these thoughts were firing in his head of knowing his history and then even being raised by his mom and his sister, uh, you know, while in the home of Pharaoh, just what a beautiful picture that is to remind what he's been saved from Mm -hmm. and what he's being saved for to be the, the leader of the Israelites. I just think it's a, it's an exciting story, but I I know that Moses really wrestled with his own insecurities, his own, you know, maybe probably a speech impediment or, at the very least, a very huge fear of public speaking. And um, it was obviously a challenge for him at times to remember what God had done for him because his fear kind of pushed that stuff out of the way. But um, I kind of wonder how often got, uh, Moses was thinking back on mm-hmm. yeah. some of these moments in his, his life. One benefit Moses had was... He didn't have to go back and watch his messages afterwards. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> My goodness. That is like the worst thing ever. To be reminded of all the bloopers that you said. <laughs> the words you made up, the prayers you actually didn't pray. Yes. Let us pray. Amen. <laughs> that actually happened. Um, yeah. And then all the ums, the ums mm-hmm. and yeah. those. Anyways. I feel like if I were a Moses, though, during, so he like you just said, grew up in the underneath Pharaoh, basically, and then killed the Egyptian. So he flees and he's lives, I think his next 40 years, I I could be wrong. Um, you know, in a different place, gets married. He's, uh, you know, taking care of sheep. I would have been thinking, why in the world was I the only Israelite boy that was saved? Sure. And here I am like, I'm doing nothing. Yep. So then when God speaks to him in the bush to have that, oh, no, you can't possibly want me, yep. but yet at the same time knowing this is what I was saved for. Yeah. This, I don't know. This what, is the struggle. This is God's plan in this. Yeah. So there's, I don't know. there's something also like, and this is not the primary focus of what we're talking about, but there's something um, beautiful. And I think you see it a lot in, in scripture, um, just the being obedient in the moment, being righteous in, in the here and now in the present of even the mundane. You think about like Joseph, whenever he was wrongfully imprisoned um, and how long he was in, in prison 
and he was just faithful and righteous in the everyday of, of being in prison yep. and, you know, interpreted dreams just because God had given him that, mm-hmm. like there was nothing special or remarkable about that. It was, you know, years later of him just living a righteous life where he was at seemingly all hope lost. God's not using me. Yep. Um, and yet he found a way to maintain kind of his righteousness and integrity and be obedient in the, in the moment. And then God uses that obedience to unlock this future that he has for him, which is pretty amazing. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And for him, I mean, he was probably, I would assume, remembering the dreams that God had given him yep. as a youth. That's a good tie-in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I just feel like we have such a an immediate time frame. Okay, yeah. you gave me this dream, and so yep. it's going to happen in the next few years. And it was yeah. decades later. Yep. Same thing with Moses. Like, I don't know. I think we just, we want to see the immediate whatever yep. happen. We don't think, oh, we actually have to remember and look back 40 years or yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. And I love um, kind of this point specifically is remembering the God who saved you. And I loved what, you know, how Mike talked about that on Sunday of um, being able to point back to the specific point in time in your life when you know the God of the universe, um, his kingdom became present in, in your world, mm-hmm. um, you know, and his reality became your reality. He delivered you from your brokenness, from your sin, um, and brought you into his kingdom. Uh, to be able to look back on that moment um, and celebrate and remember what God had done. And in the same way, you know, you connect that to the story of Israel um, being, being able to remember their deliverance, right? Mm-hmm. When, when God literally saved them in the same way that he saves us. Um, yeah. What a, what a beautiful thing. And then I love, you know, what Mike talked about. If, if you don't have that to remember back to mm-hmm. what an amazing opportunity you have right now um, to do that, to, to accept what God has for you and, and create that um, here and now. Yeah. So I will read the next question. <laughs> we don't transition. Seamless. Well. That, was, that, was, <laughs> seamless transition that was less Amy. smooth than your last tie-in. But. Because the pressure was on. All right. <laughs> so we want to know, how have you seen God work in your past, um, in your story, and how does that help you in moving forward in your faith? Um, and then kind of piggybacking on that, how can silence and solitude help with seeing these things? So, um, just in my researching and reading and preparing for today, it, I guess I never thought about remembering as a spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. Like you think of mm-hmm. fasting or reading the Bible or worshiping or praying. This is the first time that I have, it's run across, um, just been brought to my atten- attention that, remembrance is actually a spiritual discipline, which is crazy because it's all throughout the old and new Testament. Um, I mean, they would, you know, take stones and, and make, and, you know, build a a monument for lack of better words so that when their children saw this and they would be like, what is this for? They would be reminded to tell them, well, this is when God, you know, parted the Jordan so we could walk 
through to the promised land or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I just never thought of it as a spiritual discipline. So we, um, we went camping in Allegheny National Park in Pennsylvania, and a couple of the guys, Nick, I think you were one of them, built um, stones of remembrance, and then Jason and I immediately started throwing rocks at it to tear it down. Wow, you heartless. Do you know the thing that irritates me about Jason? Because he's really he's good at that. He's so freaking good, just athletically. <laughs> he's good at, like, anything he does so or tries. Like, throwing it. a football, <laughs> throwing rocks. Oh, yeah. And it just it hurt my heart, you know? And I know you're not supposed to do it. It hurts the ecological whatever. That's why, That's but, exactly why we tore it down. Oh, yeah. That is course. not why. For the environment. Like seeing me hurt. Wow. Well, it's God's creation. I would have went back it. and visited it and remembered <laughs> that camping moment. Thank you, Kami. We didn't have. I see. Appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, um, so I was just thinking about if I do this, um, and I feel like there's a healthy way to do it and an unhealthy way. Like it's easy for me to remember maybe, um, a trial I went through or even an argument I had or just whatever. Um, not necessarily remembering God's story, but remembering my own twisted version of a story. So I think for me, if I'm going to practice this in silence and solitude, then I need to, um, kind of like you were talking about God's story and our story should be combined so to speak and so I want to remember his story I want to recognize and see what he did in this particular instance not make up a conversation in my head of how I perceived things or I don't know if that makes sense um so I don't know just quieting my mind and really remembering something that God brought me through and noticing how he showed up, how he was faithful, the goodness, even despite if it was a trial or whatever, and not focusing on all the, I don't know, my made up things. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on. And, And Mike talked about on, on Sunday in his message, the idea that we get stuck maybe remembering and reflecting on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, cause I've, um, I think I've thought this in my own life. I've certainly, um, talked with and, and walked with people who have thought this, that idea of like, okay, I believe that God loves me and had a plan for me, but I messed up that plan mm-hmm. because of my sin, because of my brokenness, because of a mistake. Um, I did something that basically discounted me or took me in a different direction. And now whatever God had planned for me is no more as if we somehow have the ability to derail (laughs) what God's (laughs) plans are. Right. But, but I, I think that's a real challenge for us as believers to, and, and we do, we get stuck focusing on the wrong things and staying there and we can't move move out of that, which is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's heartbreaking, you know, as I look at where I've struggled with that in my life, it's heartbreaking to see people you love be stuck there. And, and I can only imagine how God's heart breaks for his kids going, Oh, I have so much more for you. You know, I'm not done with you yet. And yet just can't, can't move past it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we have, you know, that's the freedom that God gives us, right? It's the freedom to choose to, you know, live our lives in a way that um, 
complement his plan or, uh, you know, a way for gives us the ability to choose a way that, you know, is lives in discord with his plan, you know, where, um, and, and that's a beautiful thing. It's also a really frustrating thing at times when we look back on our past and we, we can only focus on the ways that we've maybe chosen our way rather than God's way. And, um, and yet, even as I reflect on times where I've chosen my way instead of his way, I've also seen where God has helped pick up the pieces of my life yep. and, and be there mm-hmm. um, faithfully for me when I turn back to him and go, here we go again. Because it's a learning experience. Mm-hmm. You grow your faith. You are humbled. You learn to trust him. All yeah. those things. Yeah. And I, I admittedly am not very good at this looking back. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because many times, and I don't know if this is true for everyone or I, I feel like many times where I've seen God work in my past and the times where I feel like it's been really tangible and like in your face, like God has worked has been out of or through pain. And yeah. so or when I look back, it's not necessarily fun, fun, fond memories that I think back to. And still I can see God's hand working and be thankful for what he did. But I, I struggle because, and, and maybe this is a little bit of what you were alluding to, Cammie, maybe not. Um, but I struggled to look back because the, the pain of some of those memories, they, they still hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about a couple episodes ago and I've talked about, um, in, in messages in the past year, but, um, losing, um, our, our child, mm-hmm. you know, when Minda had a miscarriage and that's probably one of the hardest times that we've ever had in, in our entire lives. And it it still hurts. You know, there's times where it still hurts. Um, and yet seeing how God is, worked in that and used that to refine us. And, um, do I think that God caused the death of our child? No, like there's, you know, it just, it happens. And yet God works and he has used that to help us come alongside people that we never, we couldn't come alongside before yeah. in the way that we come are able to come alongside them now and not just sympathizing with their hurt, but empathizing with mm-hmm. their hurt. And, um, so I, I'm not great at this because yeah. I don't typically enjoy looking back. And I think, Nick, like, one, your, your wiring as a seven, Enneagram seven, you you don't want to go to places yep. that are such a, associated feel, with pain. I feel like I talk about my sevenness every time. I'm sorry. No, but it's... I don't it, actually listen to this podcast. I don't listen to this podcast, so I had no wow. idea that's a normal. That part should of the have been a requirement. Yeah. To be on it. Is yeah, to you have to catch to up on season yeah. one. One thing, though, <laughs> I did. You should have an email in your inbox. Um, I attempted my. It's my first novel. <laughs> um, I'd like for you to read it. It's a romance novel <laughs> about an Amish guy. So, I know the storyline. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I know the storyline. Just let me know. Maybe we'll link Same that. plot, different character. <laughs> well, we can put a link for that. It was in the, the sheep pen, <laughs> mucking out the stalls. Oh but yeah, God. I don't listen to this, so. Um, 
Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, and I, I think that the the silence and solitude part, that is also something that as a seven does not come natural and not something that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and it's really frustrating because I feel like that that is something that you enjoy, Cammy. <laughs> And you said that like I'm some sick and twisted person. Something. Well, no. Me. Let me finish. Let me finish. I'm really curious as to where you're going with no, this. No, it's just it's frustrating to me when it when it seems like it comes so naturally to to some that silence and solitude is easy because I want it. I like I want to enjoy it, but typically in silence and solitude, it's me just a constant battle internally to stay there and to force myself to go through it. And and there's been plenty of times where silence and solitude and we talked about it last episode on the camping hunting trip that I went on. Like mm-hmm. it's, I really did enjoy it. Um, but it's getting to that place and I get really jealous of those that it doesn't seem like from the outside that it's that difficult to get to that. Place. I think what you perceive as a natural ability to be silent is really Cammy just in her head going, if you don't have anything nice to say, <laughs> don't say anything at all. It's just over and over and over. Again. Silent up here. Yes. <laughs> I wish it would be. Uh, I think Nick, um, you know, just using your example of something that was really uh, heartbreaking and difficult for you to walk through, um, the beauty of remembering, um, God revealed so much about Himself to you both through that process. Yeah. Right. Um, you come, you, you came to know God in a new, different way, a more tangible way. Whenever God says like, I am healer, um, you experience that at a different level, having walked through what you walked through. Sure. When God says, I'm the God of redemption, you experience that at a very different level, having walked through what you, walked through your ability to recall that to look back on it and go as as difficult as that was um here's what god showed us here's what god did yeah here's what god did even within our family you know in our marriage um and and that's i think the importance and the beauty of this discipline of remembering and reflecting yeah i I absolutely agree. And I think it's, um, you know, we, we, my family read through the old Testament a lot, especially the Israelites kind of journey and everything. And it just gets so frustrating. Cause you're like, you're just so dumb. Mm. Like you're so dumb. God's raining down food from heaven. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and then it's, seems like the next day you're like oh woe be us let's go back and be slaves it just doesn't make sense but then you know as we live our lives and you see God show up in in really big significant significant ways and then you know I feel like I I barely stub my toe as a as a Christian and I'm like oh woe is me this is the worst and you guys know that I'm a complainer and even during the 21 days of prayer and fasting I said you guys I don't want to complain um yeah great and I've, I've genuinely felt really good about that. And that's, you know, that's not normal for me, even, you know, holding thoughts captive. We talked about that before we started this episode and, you know, like just 
in my sinfulness, I just want to complain about things. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to, I even typed out some messages to some people and then <laughs> deleted them. I was like, nope, don't. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> yeah, it's still sinful. It happens in my heart. So, um, One of the things you just said, though, just reminded me of something I read, though, that Moses, um, so the Israelites were going to finally get to go into the promised land and Moses was giving them this last hurrah speech because Moses wasn't going to get to go into the promised land with them. Um, what a what a crap deal for Moses. I mean, <laughs> right. he has to deal with all the junk. Stabs me in the heart every time I re- think about that. But he was telling them to remember because... Um, things were going to be better. And when things are good is when we forget. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Like I never, ever want trials or bad things to happen. We know that's when we grow and really lean on God, but it's so true. Like when things are going good, that's when we forget about God and everything. So I like, um, and Daniel, you actually reminded me of this yesterday, but it actually has been one of my favorite verses ever um, because my firstborn son was born on December 16th. And so I feel like I have so much in common with Mary. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yes, I know Jesus wasn't even born at Christmas time in December. But anyway, like I know the dates are. But it actually- makes the season magical. <laughs> yes. It does. Anyway, so there's the verse that says, um, but Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. And that was like uh, when Jesus was a baby. So, all you know, his life had not happened yet. It was just all the things that she had already experienced yeah. and had been told her what yeah. was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I envisioned them as like some of them, she was probably like, I don't even know what that means yet. Yeah. But they were, they were good things that, so I just, I envisioned her getting out her little treasure chest and opening it up and, and just remembering, Oh, remember when Jesus did that and like just treasuring and pondering those good things. Yeah. So what is to come? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. So it's not remembering all the bad things. Yeah. It's the goodness of God. And yeah, yeah. anyway, I, one of my favorite things, um, when, when kind of walking alongside somebody who's struggling um, this is just a normal part of, I think, at least what I counsel people on is this normal rhythm of, of remembering because in the present it can, you tend to get stuck. Mm-hmm. You tend to not be able to see through the chaos, right? You can't make sense of it. And so that's a perfect time to remember. And so I'll tell people like, Hey, what are five um, scriptures that God has proven to you in your life, not five scriptures that you want to hang on your wall because they sound really good and make you look more Christian. But there are things that you've been through good and bad Mm -hmm. where God has proven himself to you, where these scriptures have become so real and so ingrained in your faith journey that you can read that scripture, grab onto that scripture and cling to it because you know that the promise of that scripture is true. And I'll tell them, write those five scriptures down, put it in your purse, put it in your wallet. And in that moment where you're feeling overwhelmed in that moment where you're feeling stuck, um, pull that out and you just start reciting that God's word back to you. Yeah, You know, I know that this is true. I know that whenever, um, whenever Romans says you've not uh, been given a spirit of fear, but a given of sonship. Mm-hmm. 
that God calls you son, that because of that, you're an heir to him. Like God has revealed that to me. He's proven that to me. He's shown that to me, that he loves me as his son. And whenever I start getting overwhelmed, I remind myself of who God is and who I am. And like just that ability to recall, to reflect, to remember these things that God's shown you, proven to you. Um, But incorporating that into our walk, incorporating Mm -hmm. that into our normal rhythms to be able to do that. Yeah. And memorization, scripture memorization is not one of my strong suits, but I know just even in that particular time of struggle for Minda and I, you know, Psalm 28, one and two, six and seven were verses that I memorized. And I just, they were just on repeat in my head because I'm like, you know, God's chosen King David felt this way of just torment, torture, like God wasn't there, that he wasn't listening, that he had turned away from him. And then just a couple verses later, he's like, no, but God does listen to me. I can worship him. He, you know, he's a shield for me. And those were verses that like, I was wrestling because I'm like, okay, I I know these to be true, but I don't feel like they're true. Mm -hmm. And it was just you know, nine months of just, I'm, I'm memorizing this. And I'm just going to have it on repeat in my head when I'm struggling and wrestling. And that was a, a huge thing for me. And I think that's so valuable yeah. what you shared, Daniel. And, and you, you mentioned earlier, you know, God gives us that choice. Like, Hey, this doesn't feel real right now. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like God loves me right now because of what I'm going through, but I'm going to choose to believe because I know, I know it's true, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't feel like it in this moment. So I'm going to choose to believe what I know um, and lean on that yeah. rather than my feelings, which probably wise for a lot of different yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think um, I know for us, we, we walked through a really trying time when Caleb was born um, and he was in NICU. We got news that he, there was a good possibility he was not going to survive. And Summer and I, um, you know, after I think just bawling our eyes out and, and, uh, really just grieving that news. I remember sitting on our bed, um, upstairs in our bedroom in Texas and us having a conversation and as husband and wife, we made the decision that God is good no matter what happens, no matter what happens with Caleb, we believe and we know that God is a good God, that God is worthy of our trust, that God's worthy of our adoration and our worship, that God loves us no matter what happens. Um, We didn't know it then when we took time to reflect later and just kind of process that whole thing. That was a fork in the road moment in our faith journey. I believe that decision, um, that acknowledgement changed the course of our journey um, with God. And and you have those along the way, right? I mean, that's yep. sanctification, right? It's this yep. maturation that happens over time. Um, the what? I, I don't know what he said either. Maturation? That sounds like something, I don't know. You're going to have to use easy words if you're going to be on this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we're like second grade level tops. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm the Texan. Normally, <laughs> y'all. Well, I guess you are making fun of the way I talk. I don't. Um, even, what What did he say? Maturation, <laughs> maturity, maturing. Maturation. That's what you're trying to say. I didn't know that was a word. It's a word. Maturation sounds like sounds like something that happens to milk after it's been out <laughs> too long. <laughs> don't ever say that word again. <laughs> <laughs> Just you say maturing right. process. Okay, here's what needs to happen. There's a comment <laughs> section of this thing. Get in the comments. Yeah, I need I need somebody to come to my defense here. Don't. No. <laughs> Anyways, they're Midwest people. Yeah. They don't know. So for us, like, um, <laughs> wow, I'm a Midwest person. Yeah, I'll claim it. Even though I was born in Rhode Island, I was born right here. So in this room, gross. <laughs> In Brian. I knew there was something wrong with this chair. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, <laughs> trying to figure out how to move on from that. Yeah. I don't know. So Maybe use that transition you got yeah, right there. Yeah. Well, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Um, the beautiful thing about that. Um, so the next time the major thing happens um God's done something in you. God's um shown himself to you, revealed himself in ways he's rooted your faith in such a way that when that next big thing happens, um it's not nearly as big. Yeah. And and each and every time that you're able to walk through those fires and God um is is showing and revealing himself to you. Uh, you're you're learning, but our, again, our ability to take time to stop mm-hmm. on the other side of it to remember, um, you know, and I think that was when it was what seven years later when Abby was diagnosed with type one, uh, and I remember being in the hospital and just being hit with that news. And Summer and I looking at each other, going like, "It's okay, like we we've kind of we've been here, yeah. right?" Um, God's, God's shown us things, revealed things uh, about us, about him, and, and we're going to get through this, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and being able to, um, there's been parts of that journey that we've been able to share with our kids um, to point at very specific ways that God provided for us um, as just a way to grow their faith and, and have them have something tangible that they can look back to and go, yeah, uh, God did this for our family when when that happened and mm-hmm. it's awesome stuff yeah i'm just um kind of reminded of psalm 23 you know and that idea that god is our shepherd that there's not going to have anything that we need and that he's going to lead and guide us and then the fact that in the next verses, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I think something that just kind of hits me is like, okay, if God is my shepherd and he's leading me and guiding me, why am I in the mm-hmm. valley of the shadow of death? Mm. Um, and sometimes it's because we've led ourselves there, you know, because I sure. think knowing, you know, sheep that they wander that, you know, until they're corrected or, mm-hmm. you know, if they're not, following the shepherd that they wander. Um, and also there's things that I think at times God does 
want us, need us to go through. I, I'm not saying that God causes every every bad thing. In fact, I, don't, I think he probably causes, you know, way less bad than maybe we give him credit for in our lives. Um, but how he uses that as opportunities for growth. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like just for me personally, that's where a lot of my struggle is um, just in the present because I'm not great at looking back and thinking back and, and I do the woe is me thing. Yeah. I just, one thing you said, Daniel, though, you said when Only the next, one? yeah, just one, <laughs> just one thing so far. <laughs> Definitely wasn't maturation. <laughs> it was only not that. <laughs> I'm never going to use that word. <laughs> so, I promise you that's coming up in the next staff meeting. I will use it eight times. <laughs> like Mike's uncomfortable. Oh, goodness. Okay. The fact, like you said, the next when the next thing comes, it's not as big. I think that it is. It can be as big because God has not promised us an easy life. Yeah, but. Sure. Your faith is yeah. now bigger. Yeah. Like yeah. the thing, because. It's a good clarification. Yeah. Well, good distinction. I just. It's like it's matured. I wasn't saying you were wrong. I was just like, when you said it, I was like, yeah. no, it, w- it was a really big thing for Abby yeah. to be diagnosed yeah. with diabetes. So. I like, feel like you were saying I was right, but you're, you can. You're say double, it better. D- you're double downing on it. Double downing? I'm just articulating what he meant. Better. You are absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I. I, I mean, see a lot of maturation in your podcasting <laughs> ability, Cammy. I I do agree, and I like I hear what you're saying, and I I think that there is this reality that you know what Min and I faced is maybe not the worst to come for us, mm-hmm. and it probably won't be. And yet, you know the the growth that's happened for that has gotten us to a place where we can deal with it, mm-hmm. and it, it, I. I'm in the, you know, I have a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old, so we were out of the toddler stage and into the preteen weird stage. I walked so into they're this going weird. through matura- maturation? <laughs> I don't, yes. can't even say Yeah, it. you got it. I walked into Nick's house last night, and the girls are on the couch just, and I'm like, hey, girls. Are, hey. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. Yes, they were on Kids Messenger with their, their cousin. Oh, that's fine. Typing away. Yeah. I looked over and I'm like, oh no, we've already arrived. I hate this. <laughs> but I, I think that our faith journey is so similar to our our own human development journey. And, you know, not too long ago, our kids could throw or would throw a tantrum and sometimes still do as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just thinking about how they emotionally and physically respond to hardship or frustration or discouragement and all through the different phases, how it's grown and changed and matured and, and, and that is what our faith journey is too. It's Mm -hmm. why we, you know, we say here at New Hope, we're, you know, helping people find hope one step at a time. We're on this journey, right? And, you know, we're all in different places on our journey and that's, you know, a beautiful thing because, discipleship and walking alongside other people and helping them mature in their faith is, is such a huge part of it. And I think that there's probably a fair amount of people out there that get really frustrated at themselves because they've given their life over to God and they're wondering why bad things are happening. 
that's they're doing something wrong or, or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and there's just this reality that, you know, they do need to mature as Christians, that it's not a one and done, mm-hmm. you know, event that there is sanctification, this progressively becoming less like your sinful self and more like Jesus. And I feel like, especially for a younger Christian, it could be really frustrating at times when you go like, I feel like I had this figured out. Like I, I'm, I turned a corner and I, I wasn't going to go back there, struggle with these things anymore, whatever that looks like for them. And so I think that that's, you know, really valuable to talk about. Um, but as we continue and we're, we're these next few, I think we're just going to hit each one for just a short amount. So we're kind of nearing the end here of, of today's podcast, but We'll see about that. We just wanted to talk about, we talked about four ways, right, to prepare to hear from God. So the first one was look back on the God who saved you, mm-hmm. right? We need to be remembered of what God has done in the past to prepare us for the present or future. Um, but the second one is this. And again, I'll just throw it down here again, a link to, to check out this article if you want to read it more in depth. Um, the second one is look out to a world that still needs his word. This idea that the brokenness of our world, the brokenness in our world needs to see the goodness of God through his people. You know, God saved the Israelites so that he could, you know, the very first promise with, with Abram is you, your family, and the entire world is going to be blessed through you. Mm -hmm. And so this isn't a, you know, Hey, I have my people and I'm going to protect them and take care of them. And this is it. But his, his game plan from the beginning was the entire world is going to be blessed through you and your people. And um, any thoughts on on this? So I teach the elementary kids. And so I have taught this story of Moses, you know, and the plagues and let my people go and that whole thing for, I mean, I can't tell you how many times. (laughs) But last summer I did a a Bible study and it was really on, um, you know, declaring God's glory among the nations. And for the first time in reading the story, it stood out to me so much that he was, yes, he heard the cries of his people. He saw that they were suffering. And so he wanted to save them out of slavery. But it was always let my people go so they can go out into the wilderness and worship me so that all the surrounding nations can see who I am and know, know my name. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I never took it to that next step. Like that was the whole reason was so God would get the glory. And so that the surrounding nations would also know who the one true God is. So just this idea that, you know, we, there is a world around us right next door and, you know, our community and the surrounding nations that need to know who God is and we get to declare his glory. Um, so I don't know. I just loved. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes I focus on Jesus, like obviously, and our focus should be on him. Uh, but, you know, we see over and over throughout the Old Testament, a grafting in of people that are not the Israelites mm-hmm. into his mm-hmm. people when they turn to him. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's a, a beautiful thing for me to be reminded of, but maybe, you know, for you to be reminded of today as well. Yeah. Kimmy, when you were saying that, um, this idea popped in my head, we... We ask the question, especially in our suffering, um, and I know that God's people on a number of occasions, mm-hmm. they're asking the question, why? Mm-hmm. Like, why, 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 why me? Why am I going through this? What, you know? And then in just thinking about that, the, the question of to what end, mm-hmm. right? To what end are you doing this, God? Like, okay, so I'm here, um, but to what is the the purpose of this? To what end is this happening 
um, to, to bring, to bring glory and honor to him. Mm -hmm. Right. And for all those things that we go through to, to what end are we going through this so that we are delivered on the other side and bring glory and honor to him. Yep. Yeah. We had, I had, um, had some small group volunteers over to our house Friday night and we just had a fun time hanging out. But in the course of the conversation, like it, just we were bouncing around all over but um my husband had been in a bad car accident over 20 years ago and that I don't even remember why but that got brought up and we're at a point where we can laugh about it because uh, there were a lot of funny things that happened during this time but it, it really was like he was in bad shape and all the things. So we were sharing the funny stories, but just in talking uh, preparing for this podcast it just made me realize that because God showed his goodness and his faithfulness and how we could trust him during this horrific year. Um, We can look back on it now and see the fun things and the good things that came out of it. But like, because he got us through that, um, when I had a miscarriage, he got us through that, um, that when we had twins and that was just a year, like, that's a good thing, but it was a year of oh my goodness, like, what are we doing? Um, Just, you know, got us through that when we had, we owned our own small business and um, we had to close the doors and we pretty much experienced financial ruin. I knew that God would take care of us no matter what, because he had taken care of us when my husband was off work for a year when he had his accident, like just all these things. And so just being able to share some of those promises some of those yep. experiences with um these we were the old ones so with these younger smaller <laughs> cleaners that was were in my house like it was um that's what it's about yeah like i don't know it was just such a good night and um so fun just to be able to yeah. share that and i um like to be able to brag on summer for a minute like just in the year that we've had um watching her grow watching what God was doing in her and through her. And if you don't know, Summer is Daniel's wife and she yes. um, just ended treatment a couple months ago yeah. for uh, colon cancer. Yep. And she's doing, she's doing really well. Um, again, one of those situations that uh, you hope you never have to walk through, um, but you see God working um, God's goodness in the process. But, um, I, I was able to sit down with someone for lunch, not too long ago, a friend, and he wanted to sit down and kind of check and see how things were going. But I remember one of the things he said was like, how did summer go through that and maintain like such joy? Like, how did she do that? Mm -hmm. Because I was watching and it looked different. And of course you have, you know, those moments where it's not, <laughs> it's a total train wreck, yeah, you but, see the- but legitimately for the, for the most part, um, as we go through those things, like the world watches, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, a world apart from God watches the trials that we go through and, um, what an amazing thing. And I'm so proud of summer that people are looking, going, 
okay, why was that different for you? Because I've seen this happen before mm-hmm. and it didn't go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what was different? And for her to be able to share that testimony and the goodness of, of God sustaining her and, and uh, giving her peace and, and just at every turn. And uh, what a beautiful, cool thing. Um, yeah. To yeah. declare his glory among the nations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I love this article and uh, that we, that we took these four kind of ways that we can pre- prepare to hear from God. And I'm not sure this would be on my list if I were to make one. Um, and I'm not saying because I have a better way, but it's because when I think about hearing from God, it's a very me, me, me thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I really love this mm-hmm. one because it's uh, looking out to a world that needs his word. What might God tell me? Because I'm not focused on myself for a half a second. Mm-hmm. So I, I really love this one in particular. Yeah, for me. that's really good. Uh, the third way that we can prepare to hear from God is to look in and purify your heart to receive his word. And I have a, a just a couple of verses out of Exodus 19, starting in verse 10. Then the Lord told Moses, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. He's at the, the, at the mountaintop, um, Mount Sinai with God. Go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. Be sure that they are ready on the third day, for on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai as all the people watch. Mark off a boundary all around the mountain. Warn the people, be careful. Do not go up on the mountain or even touch its boundaries. Anyone who touches the mountain will certainly be put to death. First of all, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I... I love passages like this because it just really puts the power of God on display. And I think it's a good reminder of how powerful his presence is and what a loving God he is. And yet such a dangerous, powerful God he is that maybe I don't think of him this way all the time. And so it's good to be reminded of, of this and this idea that, you guys have to prepare for this physically. You need to be clean spiritually. You need to be clean. You need to be ready to be in the presence of God. And also don't get too close Mm -hmm. because like, it's going to be too much for you. Um, So this idea of look inside and purify your hearts. The prepared person is a purified person. The person who's repentant and trusting and humble and ready to do what God says. Yeah. Kimmy, I, um, I was thinking about this earlier whenever you were talking about, uh, we think things happen immediately and yet (laughs) God's timeline is never our timeline. But how often do we see God give a promise and then you sit and wait, Mm -hmm. right? Before you step into God's promise for you, God has so much that he wants to do in and through you. Um, I think the hardest lesson I had in this was when I was still in the marketplace working, um, I had run from God for years. I knew when I was 15, I was supposed to be in ministry. Um, I thought I disqualified myself from ministry. I thought I had ruined God's plan and that he could never use me in ministry. I chased my own dream and and even in that, I'm like, well, how can I go into ministry now? Because, you know, I have a, a business background, a finance background. Um, turns out God's more creative than I am. <laughs> um, but 
so this moment happens where I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, like God is calling me into like vocational ministry. You are going to leave what you know, everything that you've worked for, and you're going to, um, you're going to step into some sort of pastoral role, uh, which is, was a terrifying thought. Of course, in my mind, I'm like, well, that, okay. So is this like on Monday or, <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that started what, what was a much longer process than what I wanted, what I expected, um, several times what I thought I could handle, um, the beauty of it was, so God had given me this picture. God had given me this calling that I, I felt was very clear. Um, but God had to do things in my heart. God had to prune things in my character. There were parts of me that had to die before I could ever step into what God was calling me to. And it was a, it was a wilderness season of, you know, Hearing from God, um, that time of kind of the in-between promise and fulfillment, um, feeling like I had direction, but before I could actually walk into it, of God just revealing things over and over, different things um, in my heart that were not ready to step into what he had for me, not ready to carry that mantle that he was calling me to um, because there were just so many parts of me that had to die. And then somehow I circumvented the process and got in anyway. <laughs> no, no, but there is this reality. And, and again, this is not, this wouldn't be on my list if I was coming up with a mm -hmm. list of things to how to hear God. Um, but we see that this is how, um, this is how God interacts with his people. And it's even um, the language surrounding salvation is, this purification is this cleaning is this cleansing and um it's not it's not just physical it's not um just kind of preparing yourself for it but it, it really is a purification mm -hmm. that's to happen and um you know i i've never i've I, i'm not sure if i thought about it that way before thinking about it not just be, well, yeah, God didn't get you a ministry yet because he was preparing you. Not, not just that. Cause that's typically how I think about it, but mm -hmm. thinking about, no, God was purifying you, not just preparing you, but mm -hmm. purifying you yeah. in preparation for what he had. And, and even in this passage, looking at, you know, his people getting ready, he's not just preparing them for his presence. He's purifying them for his presence. Mm -hmm. And it's a neat, neat thought. All my friends are going, Hey, you missed a spot. <laughs> yeah, you might want to might, might have wanted to ask Get a friend to scrub the back. <laughs> Magic eraser. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> I, I do think that scripture is just a beautiful picture of how they had to prepare themselves on the out, outward appearance had to be spotless and, and clean and how God does that yeah. to our heart. It's nothing that we can do on our own, yeah. but we can come with a humble spirit wanting God to show us, okay, these areas mm -hmm. you need to work on and I'm going to help you through this. And yep. 
Yeah. There's a really cool uh, Bible project video about the tabernacle that mm. talks about the cleansing that needed and the purification rituals and the double checking that everything was right. I'm and, so uh, thankful we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Praise seriously. Jesus. I can barely remember to put on deodorant in the morning, <laughs> much less. True story. He told us about it last week. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's a Rough. part of me that's like, but but how great would it be? Like, just give me a checklist. Get, yeah, like, no, I it's just, I just want to be able to do that, 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 that. And he's no, like, I'm I dead. have, it's my word. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. just, wow, I'm done. Yeah, let me, I got to get back to my <laughs> Which leads regular to the last point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was okay. just trying to transition. So the last way, <laughs> thank you for that burn, burn transition. Uh, the the last way that we can prepare to hear from God is this: is to look up with awe and receive His word. And this is just a couple of verses later in Exodus uh, nineteen, starting in verse sixteen. On the morning of the third day, thundered, roared, and lightning flashed, and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn, and all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God thundered his reply. It's interesting to me that most of the time when God shows up or when angels show up, that the first response is not excitement and joy, fear, but it's typically fear and trembling. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, obviously we, through Jesus, know God's love for us, but sometimes I think we miss out on the awe Mm -hmm. of who God is and the I don't know. I This could be super wrong, and so, you know, Probably. just throwing it out there. We'll tell you if it is. But, like, you know, being in places, having the opportunity to go to a place like the Grand Canyon, and I don't have a fear of heights, mm. but standing near the edge of the Grand Canyon looking over, there's just that, like, that awe of seeing something that, you know, there's nothing like it on else on planet Earth, and just that smallness that you feel in that, like, if I fell... Like, there's no coming back from this. And that awe and fear that I felt there, I feel like, is as close as I'll probably ever maybe come, I don't know, to, to hearing what's what's uh, described here in this passage. But, you know, just asking that question, do our spiritual practices, do they show, is it evidence that we want to hear from God? Mm-hmm. Are we looking like I'm sitting here and thinking about those verses and being like, oh, can you imagine being there that day? <laughs> and like, no, we can't. Like part of me, oh, I, I wish I could be there that I day. I was wrong. Thank you for confirming. <laughs> what? I was wrong. Thank you for confirming. No. No, I just mean I'm like, just, I don't know, joshing. just standing at the Mount Sinai and yeah. saying, oh, like if you get too close, you're going to die. That's yeah. how... Holy. Yeah, I don't want to be in the front row. Thank you. Maybe no, second row. I'm, I didn't say front row, but I'm just saying, and I don't even, I'm not saying that I had a place there. That's, yeah. not, that's not what I'm saying, but just to no, know that, you, you. my goodness, we could hear his voice and the thunder. Yeah. And yet, 
like we do have that opportunity mm. because we have his word and yeah. we can open it up and read it or like the things of standing at the Grand Canyon or all the thing, all the ways I miss seeing and hearing God just yeah. in every day. Um, I don't know. We always, I always want that, that experience. The thunder. Yeah. <laughs> and the thunder. And then the thunder. I'm convicted when I read, okay, yes, of course I want to hear from you, God. And he's like, then open up my word. Just read it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a lot to. It's the last thought I have. <laughs> <laughs> it is done. Yeah. And I, I think back to where we started the conversation as we spend time reflecting on who God is, on what God's done. Um, it takes us to a place of knowing him better, which should take us to a place of awe of, of um, responding in worship because mm-hmm. of how good, how great our God is mm-hmm. and this process that we're in. I've, I've shared this before and I feel like I may be just a you know, broken record, but you know, out in nature is one of the places that I just get sure. the most excited and feel the most connected mm-hmm. to God. And a couple Czech trips ago when we took, when I took the student ministry to the Czech Republic and we went up uh, to this mountain that was near our camp and um, I'd been there before. This was probably my second or third time going up this mountain. And I just get so excited. And uh, I get excited because I get to see it again. Like, I, I would just die to go to the Grand Canyon again, especially mm-hmm. to take my girls and mm-hmm. see their reaction. And, you know, Niagara Falls is another one. Like, love Niagara Falls. Kind of boring now. But it would be so exciting to see their yeah. reaction to it. Um, and going up this mountain, I just got so excited to see the students who most of them are from here. There's a couple that had never less left the Michigan, Indiana, Ohio states. They've, they only been there. There's a couple students that had never flown before. And just to know for most of the students, this is like going to be the craziest thing they'll ever see where they can see a 360 view of you know, 10 miles out all the way around themselves. Like, it's just so exciting. Um, and I feel like that, that same feeling that I have felt going up that mountain, just the anticipation of like, I've been here before I've seen these things and I'm excited to see it again. Not only that, I'm excited to to share this with other people and have these students see things or even the adults that were on the trip see, see this. Um, and I feel like, because of how I've seen God work in my life, um, it leads me to feel like walking up this mountain and just like anticipating how God's going to work again and move again. And then being able to walk alongside people that are having these moments of like, just like mind explosion, awe, where they're like, I saw God work and it was awesome. And he, he used me or I was able to share this story or whatever. Um, you know, when I think about looking up in awe and receiving his word, I think of like that moment walking up the mountain excited for what the students are going to see. And I feel like even in my faith, I feel that way of excited to be walking with a student or an adult and being able to go like, oh my gosh, I'm so like, you can, I don't know if you've ever been working with someone and you can kind of